Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the BB Show. As always, I'm your host, Beebs, joined by my co-host, Chen, and a special guest speaker today. Uh, I don't even know Chen's cat's name, but if you're oh, on Yanni, YouTube, bro. Yanni. Giannis yeah, is here with name us today. Giannis, uh, tell us about Damian Lillard, your opinion so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, uh, you know, he's a good teammate for him. I mean, game time is game time. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we really want to go into a basketball thing, it's actually not been that great. But uh, in terms of football-related, football-related things, um, we got a lot, man. I mean, I mean, we got a lot today. Super wild card weekend. It's been only really a couple of years of it that we've had these seven seeds. Fact, before we even start talking, a seven seed has not won yet. And the seven seeds Going right now this. are the Packers. All right. But um, – no, I mean, what, the, what, were the, what were the Bengals? They did s- they six seed or did they miss? Were they one of the first off? Uh, no, 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 no. The Bengals when they went to the Super Bowl. Oh, um, they were. Um, I think they might have been the last six seed, man. Were they the last six seed? Twenty twenty. They might have been was that that year. That they might have been. I would have to fact check it. I would, but um, because um, I remember them beating the Titans as the one seed on the road. I believe. That would make sense. Yeah, there's a – especially when we're talking about coaching today, there's a – I mean, the past couple of years have kind of made or, made or break both Mike Rabel and Pete Carroll, I would say. I mean, it's kind yeah. of crazy. But, uh, so here's the here's the lineup for today. A little bit shorter probably. Uh, we're not going to go through any games from last week. We didn't really learn anything new. We're at that point. We're looking ahead. We're looking at wild card weekend. We are going to talk about some of the coach firings that have already gone down um, and discuss Vrabel being probably the big one that I've got a lot to say about. Uh, mm-hmm. First teams out, who missed, who was super close. Uh, <laughs> YouTube viewers are going to have a field day. <laughs> yeah. Um, who missed, who was super close, and and then we'll move into just wildcard preview. There's only six games, so we can go take our time with them. Uh, and then make our predictions by sell hold, and then we're or you know that's it. But uh, we'll start. We'll I'll start the floor with you. Uh, let's go with first teams out in the AFC or yeah, mm. in the well we'll go NFC because Pete Carroll first team out. Seattle Seahawks are number eight. Uh, Saints are number nine. Titans are number ten. After that, it kind of drops off. Um, Pete Carroll being. He's not really fired, uh, stepping down, I guess. Like, yeah, still gonna an be, advisory role. Yeah. Um, to me, it just seems like he's old, and that's what they're doing. But your opinion? Yeah, I think um, I might have called it your last mm-hmm. podcast, maybe for Pete Carroll's sake, the year before. But I, I did say he's one of those guys that I think could end up leaving. And I really want to say I think it was probably last year due to the fact that we had Drew Locke and Geno Smith as the quarterback battle for the Seahawks. Nobody knew Geno Smith was going to do what he did, and that team just looked like a disaster. But they snuck in as the seven last year, and I think that's what really saved his job. I think, honestly, if they would have missed like they did this season last year, we probably would have seen the same thing. Um, I'm not saying it's right. I, I think they ultimately might pay the price if they don't get Dan Quinn. Um, whoa, dude. Sorry. Um, Dan Quinn is one of those guys that uh, defensively they'll be fine, but I feel like offensively this season, they might have taken a step back. And um, I think that that's something they, they need to address. Personally, you got DK Metcalf. You got Jackson Smith and Jogba. They're probably, I think, going to add offensively to that side in the draft. I think that's probably the direction they're going to go. It's a young offensive mind. I don't know who that may be because, truth be told, there's a lot of head coaching vacancies right now. And now that they're throwing their, you know, they're throwing their hat in the mix along with the Titans and Mike Rabel, somebody's going to get a bad coaching hire, a Brandon Staley-level coaching hire. And I hope it's not Seattle. But um, I, I personally don't believe this was the time to pull trigger on Pete Carroll. Did, did, uh, do you agree with that? Or what, what is your thought? I, I think that 
so th this to me is eerily similar to like what the bear i see i'm on bears fan twitter because I, I don't know i don't know how i ended up here but a valid take i think that a lot of bears fans have is their last two quarterback transitions have been like sandwiched in between head coach transitions so like they've never fully cleaned the slate they've been like oh guy drafts trubisky plays him for a season gets fired after that season Guy who drafted Fields plays him for a season, then they gets fired. And the new coach is inheriting a quarterback they didn't select, um, which is why Bears fans are saying either ride with Eberflus and Fields or clean house and, you know, full restart, reset, which I actually agree with as a philosophy. Um, right. And that's why I feel like last year was the time to move on from Pete Carroll. Now you're in this weird scenario where it's like, are you really going to upgrade your quarterback position from Geno? You just extended him. Okay. Yeah. He Got you into the playoffs. You guys had injury issues kind of all year uh, with Geno, Kenneth Walker, etc. Your defense could probably be improved. But you're, in my opinion, Pete Carroll is elevating in a Mike Tomlin-esque way a below 500 roster to a 9-8 team that was the first team out of the playoffs. Like, I, I don't really know what in one of the toughest divisions in football. I mean, you've got the Rams, you've got two, you've got the Niners, uh, and then the Rams who were surprised in you know in this double digit win team this year. So, yeah, um, I I see where they're coming from, but coming off of the Geno extension, it really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, because now you're in year, two, you're going to be going into year two of what was a three year extension, I believe. And yep. Three for ninety. can't clean slate. Uh, you could draft a quarterback and make a move there uh, and then sit him behind Geno. But then you've got – it's just an interesting spot. I really, like – I don't envy them. They're in a weird spot. Uh, with Pete Carroll getting up there in age, I understand. Maybe it's his choice. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's saying, I, you know, we don't know. Uh, right. I don't think I, I do kind of disagree with you. I, I don't think that if, if P Carroll wanted to stay, I would have brought it back is what I would, if I were the Seattle GM. I think, yeah, it's one of those situations where I think the only reason in my mind, it's like he needs to go is the fact that he's old. I, like I, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Like it sounds want to say it, but it's, we're in this era now where, I mean, he's going to the point where, He's just – you're climbing in years. We're going to this more progressive style. I see a lot of emotion and younger coaches. I just think it was time. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the decision, though, especially when you break it down the fact of, like, Pete Carroll as a coach is a very good head coach. Like, yeah, when you give him a good roster – Yeah, you give him a good roster, they go to the Super Bowl. That's been proven, and they can win. I mean, they beat one of the best offenses of all time. Could attribute that to Dan Quinn's defense. But, it, I mean, Pete Carroll has been the lead guy in Seattle for a long time. They've had sustained success. And they definitely, without him, I think this season definitely last, would not have been a over 500 or close to it ball club. They would have been that four to five win category. Um, it's just, I think it's a very interesting situation. Because if they bring in somebody that really does elevate them, that's going to be great. But um, I, I just don't, don't think they can. I don't think that there's an elevation from Pete Carroll. Uh, you're talking about a Hall of Fame guy. Like we're talking about a Hall yeah. of Fame head coach, uh, and maybe that's all. It is. The fact that he's not being fired to me indicates that he's choosing to step back. That that's yeah. yeah because he's so old. Uh, and and so if that's the case, then there's not much they can do. Um, mm -hmm other than convince him not to retire, which they allegedly did because he's not retiring. So I, I don't have much more to add other than I don't think that there's an upgrade on the market unless you're going to go get somebody from college football that I, you know, is mm. going to make a debut or something. I mean, is, is yeah. Harbaugh really in the conversation or is he staying in Michigan? Like, who knows? He's won a national championship. Yeah, who I mean, knows? If I'm Harbaugh, I'm out of there. Like, I'm not going to lie. The way the NCAA has treated him has been – Ridiculous, but I'm not Harbaugh, and I just want to ask. I didn't just win a national championship, so true. Um, I don't know Michigan's paying either. They might be close to NFL money. I, how I about know. how about New Orleans? Move on from Dennis Allen. Finally, um, they yeah. are number number nine in the NFC. 
um, another team that I thought would win this division and didn't. Uh, they were close to winning the division. But your thoughts? Predictable. Um, in the sense that Dennis Allen, I think, is probably not the worst coach of all time. I think if you give him a good roster, he might be able to maintain it and go to the Super Bowl. But he's not like an elevator, in my opinion. He's always been a defensive guy. So when you look at between Derek Carr and trying to make it work with Taysom Hill, who's kind of a quarterback, but not really, and you give him kind of quarterback money and like $20 million. I will say this, for Dennis Allen, he did a better job than I thought he would, given the roster dynamic. Like, they did not have a lot of cap space to work with. On paper, you got some players, but it's not a complete team. And every year they've been competitive. But at, at this point, it's just like more of the same. I mean, I think it's probably the reason Mike Rabel got let go as highly regarded as I hold him. After a couple of years, of just mediocrity, no matter like what you do as a coach, I feel like in today's day and age of the microwave mentality, you, you have a bad, really bad year, you're gone. Like 10 years ago, that was not a thing. I mean, we'd see like disaster. I mean, Hugh Jackson wasn't even 10 years ago. He went 0-16, got brought back the next season. Like, we're in this really very tumultuous time of where coaches are getting flipped around like crazy. And um, I just think it, Mike, Mike Vrabel is definitely a product of that. Dennis Allen, like I said, was predictable. But he deserves a job somewhere. As a coordinator, I think um, he definitely should be out of the league. There's like, like Brandon Staley, Josh Daniels, those guys – I be happy if I don't see him again but that it sounds a competent level NFL mind in my opinion yeah I I here's my problem Dennis Allen is the key the a prime example of how many times have I brought up the 10 years of microwave mentality for quarterbacks and head coaches are a problem how many times have I said that and it's like this guy is winning you nine games you're a game away from winning the division I don't care if the division sucks. I, I, context does matter, but it also like, you know, nine it's wins. It's hard to win the NFL. Yeah, nine wins is nine wins. This is a mediocre roster. And and my problem is, is GMs have adopted this mentality of being able to save their jobs by blaming the head coach. Mm. And owners, in my opinion, need to be able to see through the crap. And this is why organizations like the Steelers, the Ravens, the Packers that have Long-tenured coaches, uh, long-tenured GMs, long-tenured I – mean, it's just better. Um, and yeah. I, I – better historically. And, and you have down years, but your down years look like the Packers this year. You get stuff like this that happens where – or the Steelers. We haven't had a losing season since 2002 or whatever. You know, you, know what it, you know what it – yeah, like uh, those are your down years are nine and eight. And it's like – People then you hear people state have these outlandish takes about Mike Tomlin. And they're like, oh well, you know, he's only won a playoff game in like four of his seasons. And it's like, I don't freaking care. He's taking yeah. these garbage rosters to the playoffs. Like, yeah. I don't care about you're just fishing for a reason to fire this guy. Like, stop. Uh same goes for yeah. Harbaugh and Baltimore. And the same, I, I I Allen is not those guys, Dennis Allen's not those guys, but Dennis Allen is a guy who had a winning record with what I think is a horrible roster with in an organization that still does not know how to transition from Drew Brees and Sean Payton to anybody else. Anything um, else. Yeah. They're in this, we said this at the beginning of the year, they're in this mediocre like reload and continue to reload phase where if they just blew it up, they'd probably be better off. But the Saints were so bad for so long before Drew Brees that I think the organization is afraid to return back. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, I think uh, you're going to bring in a new coach now. Their positioning in the draft, I would assume they take a step back next year. Unless there's some crazy signings I'm unaware of. I don't see Derek Carr getting crazy better. I mean, this team is only going to get older, and it's not like there's superstars on the roster. So – they might be headed that way towards yeah, the arch I mean, days of the I, paper I, I bags mean, over the head. We'll see. Yeah, but. I, like, and here's the thing is like the Derek Carr signing to me uh, is not the problem. The problem it's part of the problem. Yes. Like, okay, go draft a guy, but Carr's a good transition guy where he's at in his career, like run him for four years, three years, whatever. Uh, and he's going to be your game manager, you know, 
if you've got a good roster around him, he's going to win you nine games. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Uh, and, and, but my problem is like this aging defense, these aging weapons outside of one, you know, receiver Camara's 28. Michael Thomas hasn't played since 2019 and he's still on your roster making tens of millions of dollars. Um, Taysom Hill, the Taysom Hill experiment, $40 million to this gadget player. It, it's just like, Ah, yeah, you know, it's just mismanagement. Like, it's not a coaching thing. It's a no, it's not a coaching. It's a not a coaching thing. I that's the best way to say it. It's to me, it's not coaching. It's it's this roster, um, which was very elite six years ago in 2018 when you had Drew Brees as a probably equivalent to where Derek Carr is at right now, is where Drew Brees was this last two years, um, and you had basically the same weapons minus Chris Olave. Uh, but they were all younger, and you have Marshawn Lattimore younger, Cam Jordan younger, Marcus Williams younger, that whole defense younger. Um, I don't know, man. No, it's a good take. I I was actually curious your thoughts on – I don't want to jump ship from the Saints completely, but saying in the same game were you – I'm just going to come out and say it. I was on the side of Jameis Winston. Like, they already had 41. I'm not really sure why 48 was the biggest deal, and Arthur Smith lost his mind and his oh, job man. ultimately from it. All right. All right. Well, um, well, yeah, what's your to, takeaway, well, Let's man. pivot to Arthur Smith because I've got a lot to say, man. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing with that. Uh, do I think it, it's a little Bush League to line up in the victory formation and then run the play? That's a little where I'm like, yeah. okay, I understand what that – like somebody's going to get hurt because nobody's moving on the defensive line. Like, come on, dude. You know, I don't have a problem with you running the score up or, or running the ball and getting Jamal Williams his only touchdown of the season, that sort of thing, like – that's crazy. I have no problem with that. No problems whatsoever. Um, I do think that Jameis Winston could have secured himself like a long tenure in New Orleans if he'd have just gone to the press and been like, no, screw the Falcons. Like, this is the same. Like, we're up on it. Like, because there's just a rivalry and it would have been, he would have gotten all the fans, but he decided not to. However, man, yeah, yeah. I, I, Arthur Smith, man, what a difference a year makes. Both <laughs> race, really. Yeah. What I a thought he was a brilliant offensive mind. I thought getting Bijan in there. Oof. Uh, the guy, I've never seen an NFL coach uh, care about fantasy so much without <laughs> while while claiming that he hates it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a little like it, it, people say rent free. Like he he's bringing it up all the time. He's he he got pleasure from you got enjoyment from taking off fantasy managers at the expense of his team not using their best players like i he just enjoyed that more than winning three straight seven and ten seasons uh and here's the thing is three straight seven and ten seasons another i can't say to the extent of the saints uh, mismanagement of the roster, but very bad quarterback play in those three years, and very much like understanding from a coach's perspective why you're being held back. However, yeah. the Falcons, unlike the Saints, went out and used their draft capital on weapons that then he yeah. refused to use. I don't know what else to say. We don't use Kyle Pitts. We don't use Drake London. Okay, fine. Maybe they're not as good. You know, I remember last year we'd be on the podcast. We'd be like, well, maybe he's just not as good as we think he is. <laughs> then it was Bijan was the final nail on the coffin. I think That's for the everybody, yeah. everybody, because then he he was good and he was making ridiculous plays. And all of a sudden he just stopped getting touches and it was like, give it to Tyler Algier. And it's like, what is going on, dude? What? And I really believe that Arthur Smith might still have a job today if he wasn't a moron in the media this year. Absolutely. 100%. With, yeah, I'm I sat with there now. and saw the Twitter clip of him cussing out Dennis Allen and like, oh, he just got himself like for sure fired. Like yep. I, there was a chance he might not get fired. Now it's like That's for it. sure. And, and he's got no shot of getting another job in the NFL. Hmm. I really yeah, believe that. Coordinator, I, I like really, I, I really believe that. Like, if you're gonna be a guy that's gonna go viral for sounding off to the press, oh my gosh, dude! 
And he's already got enough bad press from any fan base that brings him in. They're going to be ticked. He, nobody wants him as their offensive coordinator after what they just <laughs> saw. Like, yeah. he's, I don't think he's going to get another job in the NFL for a long time. Like, he might come mm. back as a position coach or something like that and maybe eventually move into a coordinator. But next year, no. I, I bet I'm willing, to, I'm willing to buy stock in it. Like, he will not yeah. be a coach next year. Yeah. Uh, but your thoughts on uh, the, the Falcons? No, you kind of really – I'll just put a bow on it because you said really everything I wanted to say. I mean, this guy got in his first season was 7-10. and 10. And he got Kyle Pitts, and we were just kind of like, well, the roster was bad. And they had Kyle Pitts. Maybe he just didn't really, you know, 7 to 10 is His first year, Kyle Pitts' first roster. year, he had 1,000 yards. Yeah, yeah. So, it, like, it, that first season was, I think, where I was like, oh, okay, okay this they might have a guy here. But definitely last year, like, all right, they finished 7 and 10 again. There was times where I wanted to, you know, yeah, hey, this is a team that I'm picking to win this week. They had some issues. They were, they, uh, they, or were they were like they finished seven and ten. I think they were seven and seven at one point. Yeah, yeah like it's, they it's, were it's, winning games that they shouldn't have been winning. Right, and so that's where that kind of phrase. I'm really honestly trying to save myself because at this point, this season is what really for me. I don't think you need to save was, yourself. I really well, like, I mean, I think going into the season, I picked as my coach of the year, or at least in that category. And it's like, this dude is out. And I think the really the reality of it was like everything just came to a head this season. I don't know if he felt the pressure from the media, from the owner, from both. But to go seven and 10 in your third season, when in the first season, when you had much less talent, by the way, like, you know, I understand the quarterback thing. But you give a solid coach, Taylor Heineke, and the weapons that the Falcons have, and a 6'4", Drake London, who can fly. Riverboat Ron had Taylor Heineke in the playoffs going against the GOAT. Yeah, against Tom Brady with Washington, the football team at the time. They probably had Antonio Gibson, maybe a washed-up Alfred Morris. Terry McLaurin's all right. But that was not – Logan Thomas is their tight end. He's transitioned from a quarterback. Like, the Falcons had top – 10 picks at the quarter running back wide receiver and tight end position. You didn't get your quarterback. Sure. But I've seen a lot of teams make do with less. And that was why I loved Arthur Smith in his first year was he made a lot happen with a lot less than teams had. And this was a season where it was like, all right, this is a team. I mean, at least should have had a winning record, especially in this NFC. I thought for sure playoff team and it became the year as a coach of the year and two or three seed. So I'll eat all of that, you know, just loss right now. But, man, it just disappointing is, he like, just, really the I word that comes to mind. I was I just wrong about this dude. Yeah, I can't really put in the words, like, it literally feels like he went into this year and just decided that he was going to take off fantasy managers. Like, the, right, I, like I don't try that sounds now. That sounds so ridiculous, but I can't, like, I, people think that, NFL teams care about fantasy. They don't. There's an exception like Austin Eckler. He goes and talks about it, whatever. But most of the time, these guys don't care at all. They're playing team football. And fantasy is a fun way for you to watch the game. Like, that's what it's meant to be. And Arthur Smith is this guy who just, like, gets up in press conferences like three or four different times this year. And it's just talking about how he doesn't care about fantasy managers and who gets the ball. And it's like... That's all fine and dandy, man. You yeah. can say that when you're the Buffalo Bills and, you you know, you have Josh Allen spreading the ball to people other than Stephon Diggs or you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you've got weapons everywhere. When you draft a running back in the top five and he doesn't touch the ball for three weeks and you lose all three games and, you know, every time he did touch the ball earlier in the year, he was a stud. Like, it, it literally feels like, oh, Bijan's doing too well in fantasy. Let's get him out. Like, that's yeah, what it really- felt like. Uh, I, yeah. it, it sounds so ridiculous. It really does. But he just distracted, I guess, is the word for Arthur Smith this year. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, it had to be. Because there's no reason of two years of roster improvement that you're still 7-10. and 10. Yeah. That's just the, the bottom line. In the like, worst division in football. Yeah, there's, there's literally no excuse. I, I mean, that's 
my gosh, that is just crazy to me. Because I didn't have Bijan or really any Falcons in fantasy leagues. Like, it's just me watching. It's like, okay, like, this isn't about fantasy, you know. Get your ball. Get the ball to your best players. Like, <laughs> That's the thing. It's That's not, the thing. It, it, started, it started as a Kyle Pitts meme last year. But it was like, well, yeah. the roster's not they're great. Everybody. And they're seven and six or they're six and five. Like, I can't really say anything, you know. And then it yeah. turned into like, oh, okay. Let's, yeah. you know, maybe we need to like get this guy the ball because it wasn't just Kyle Pitts anymore and it wasn't just Drake London. Then it was everybody. like everybody showed flashes and then it was like, oh, Bijan is a freaking superstar. Okay. Yep. Uh, Turn into from Bijan Pitts to London, Tyler Elegier, Jonu Smith, and Mac Hollins were like, they got it's like you can't make that up, man. It's like he was playing franchise, like, you know, let me see if I can get these guys upgraded. Let me yeah, try and upgrade the rest of the team. Like, what are we doing? Like, like you can't look the three guys I just listed are not better than the three previous. There you can't convince me of that. It was just ridiculous. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Arthur Smith France done. Jeez. Yeah, let's start. I'll that I actually think is even worse. This might be the worst firing of a head coach I've probably ever seen, including <clears throat> including Lovey Smith after ten and six season with the Bears. Like, why are we firing Mike Rabel, man? What <laughs> the Titans? The Titans uh, uh, four winning seasons in six, horrible roster this year. The guy, first off, the GM problem. This is a case to me of the GM firing head coach to save his job because the GM is the moron who traded AJ Brown for a fourth round pick. And Mike Vrabel's the guy who saw the pick on the news on draft day. And there's a video of him getting pissed. Like, mm, this, that's what this screams to me is, Oh, we're six and 11 because the roster sucks. I'm going to fire the head coach. And the whole league's like, you fire Mike Vrabel. The Titans were so mediocre for so long. Mark Vrabel shows up. They have like back-to-back one seeds in the AFC, 12 yeah. to 13 win seasons. Like, I, I don't – this guy's a winner. I don't care. He's using a freaking uh, – what's the guy from SpongeBob with glass arms and paper legs? Derrick Henry. <laughs> like, that's the version of Derrick Henry we're using who actually isn't even getting hurt. He just is 40 years old. Um, yeah. and has carried the ball 10,000 times. Did you see the stat the other day? He had 11,000 career carries in that, uh, or so not, 1,100 but... career carries or something in high school football. It was just like, wh- what? <laughs> what? Yeah, like man amongst children. All that to say, uh, Mike Rabel is about to make some team really happy. And I know Packers fans are like, oh, new DC DC alert. No, he's getting a head coaching job. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it. I hope he takes a step back and just goes to a DC role and goes to the Packers. That that'd be poetic because we have not had a competent DC in literally my here's the problem. Is you, but, you sign Vrabel as a DC, it's every year is going to be like, uh, is he leaving to be a head coach? And there's no security there. That is very true. That is true. It's a one year rental, really. Yeah, it's a one year rental. I'm not a fan of the of the signing from a Packers perspective, honestly, but uh, he's going to make a team really happy. I don't see a future for the Titans, man. Bleak after this. What, what? You goofed. You goofed. As a GM, you got rid of your coach that helped you get out of this. Ter- I mean, they weren't even mediocre. They were like a 5-11, 6-10 team for a while. I remember the Jake Locker days. And right now, it's like you got rid of A.J. Brown, which is your best deep threat. Derrick Henry's out the door. What's left? Like of the Titans' identity, what is actually? Yeah, you, I mean, their defense by you've okay. missed, You've missed on. I don't even remember that kid's name. Um, there was Jake Locker, Malik Willis. Willis. You missed on Malik Willis. Uh, I think you missed on Traylon Burks, Levis. Okay, you, you might have found Showed a guy. Something this yeah, year, you I would might say. have found Give him some time. Might have found a guy. Jeffrey Simmons is aging. I don't even know if I can name another player. It might be like Harold Landry. Like their defense is not like Kevin Byard's on the Eagles now. Like they they were in this weird rebuild type thing, and they so, fired their coach in the middle of it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I would love to see who they bring in. Um, I'm seeing Leslie Frazier get interviews. That just screams Lovey Smith vibes to me. I mean, you're bringing back a guy that might get you some wins, but 
that is not one of the you know top five, ten coaches in the NFL. I'm sorry, it's just it's a placeholder. Yeah. The Texans there's Lovey Smith, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I just I can't. Maybe we won't spend as much time as we did Arthur Smith because I just don't understand. I don't have anything to say because I I really have no words to describe my confusion. I just want to be a GM at this point. Like, like, all due respect, we see this for years, man. Like, we will call – I think our record – like, if your name gets brought up on this show as a coach, we're like, yeah, you think you need to go, you go. Like, I, I'm – Pete Carroll – There might be, there might be some there might be some confirmation bias in that. Maybe, <laughs> but I think if you track – dude, there's not names I've dropped that are like, yeah, this guy needs to go and they haven't gone. And I have a that. couple. I have a you think so? I said that about Zach Taylor, and I've come around and said okay. after the Jake Brown, I came on and said after the Jake Brown, Jake Brown, like, yeah. I was like, all right, maybe this guy's a little better than we thought. Sure, um, Eberflus is a guy I've actually come around on and said I wouldn't be mad if I don't know if I've actually said this yet, but I'm saying it now. I won't be mad if the Bears retain him as a defensive as the head coach and the defensive play caller. So what I saw today is they did. They retained him. I think if Poles is smart, he's going to retain him in fields for another year and not take the flack if he misses on another quarterback again. And I, and I don't say he's going to miss. It's the Bears in general. They always miss. I mean, you look at Trubisky and you look at – hopefully Fields turns it around. But they fired Luke Getzky and the quarterback coach. Like, I feel like that's a very, okay, we're, we're pinning the blame on Getzky and the QB coach. We're going to keep Fields and Eberflus and see what happens next year, which is what I they should have all where I'm at, That's what I've said the whole year. Fields is the guy. Drake May is not better. Extend I don't know why Drake May is. Yeah, I mean, they've got the first overall. Here's the thing is the haul that you can get for Caleb Williams is like the roster. The question you have to ask is, is, is Caleb Williams Peyton Manning? Like, that's what you have to ask. Like, is he? Yeah, is he really. Is he Manning? going to be top five top ever? ever? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and he, even if he is, if you can trade him for, like, four more first-round picks, I know Emmanuel Acho said, that's four more chances to miss. Worst take ever, if you saw that going. Terrible, down. yeah. Thank, go God that, thank God that guy is finally getting exposed for the ball and not know where that he is. But yeah. um, I, if you could trade – would you trade Peyton Manning for five first round picks as a rookie? Like I, I hit on two of those. The roster is not there. The roster doesn't include Marvin Harrison. The roster doesn't include Edgren James and these pieces that led to that Colts. You know, that that's what everybody talks about is, and Peyton Manning, he's a top three quarterback of all time. Like, I, yeah, no, he did 20 picks in his first year, by the way, 28, I believe um, <laughs> was not pretty. Yeah, all that to say, Justin Fields, I don't think this is the year to get a quarterback. I think the haul for Caleb Williams is better. Continue to build the defense. Continue to build the offensive line. Find, grab Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and and go from there. If I'm a Bears fan and I'm mad, if, if you're a Bears fan and you're mad about them trading back, still walking away with Marvin Harrison Jr. and like three other first-round picks and, and whatever years – I'm not taking Caleb Williams, riding with Justin Fields for another year with a new OC. Maybe take – is this Fields' fifth-year option or is next year's fifth-year option? Like, you make the choice, uh, you extend him, give him that fifth-year option, keep him on the rookie deal as long as possible. Uh, and then if he's bad this year, okay, look for a quarterback and look to take that final step in the roster. They're taking good steps and making good deals, and this to me would just be rushing the process. Absolutely. I, I think, especially in the NFL, 49ers are a great example of when everybody's going right, go left. When everybody's going to look for the, the rookie, that's a big talk. Is, is You saw what the Bengals did. You get a first-round rookie quarterback. You get their fifth-year options, five years, and an inexpensive quarterback. If you hit, you get an elite guy for a very low value. You can build around him. 49ers got a guy in the seventh round. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, a lot of these kids that are coming out can play. You might find part a guy of that... this. Part of this is like unwritten franchise identity. It's weird, but like the Packers, known for good quarterback play. The Steelers, known for good coaching, good defense. Ravens, good defense. Mm. The Bears, historically, 
Great defense, strong run game. Like they're not known. Yeah. They've never had a four thousand yard passer. Like Which is I, I know it's I know it's like, oh well, we can change that. It's like you're probably right, but it's also 2024. like twenty-four. It's also like <laughs> why not lean into that a little bit? Like you, what's been successful for you for you in the past and lean into it. I, I just Bears fans are going to hate that take because they're going to say, oh, I just don't think it's hard to be a successful quarterback in Chicago. Like, I, same thing as Cleveland. It is. It is. Cleveland. Like, it, yeah. There's it's just not... like Philly and New York, man. Like, it, the the media and the people are so loud. And, and when you look at the Bears from just their, like, roster standpoint, like, what has really changed? Like, you got DJ Moore. You did. Well, you look at the rest of the year. They just ran it back this year. It's DJ Moore and they ran it back. So, like, um, Fields needs that package from the first round pick to kind of build around the team. Uh, yeah, I think Marvin Harrison should be there no more. Do you have to pick him with the first overall pick and then do it? Ooh, like, yeah. I, yeah. Like, that's Dude, DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison. That's because then you got your answer on Fields. You give them 18 games with DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's like, oh, they still suck? Yeah. Okay, now we're for sure. Now you're still in this standpoint where it's like, well, we did win seven. We improved by four wins this year. And that's what I said would be a win for the Bears this year in the preseason. Win seven games and don't be the bottom tier league, bottom, you know, worst team in the league. Right. Um, And so we will will see. I think it's retained fields. I think it's retained Getsy. Or not get see Eberflus because the defense was playing at a high level uh, until Absolutely. they you know, until they lost to the Packers for the tenth time. In well, they only gave up seventeen though. Yeah, I mean, we controlled time possession like the entire game, but yeah, his defense is not the issue. Fun fact: Packers are fifty and fifteen against the Bears since nineteen ninety two, and like sixteen and zero since past. Like it's been like a. It's while. ten and zero. It's it's ten straight. So, yeah, it's five years of – like, that. that's where it's like, for Bears fans' sakes, that's why we're even talking about it, is the sense that we'd like a, a rivalry of some regard. I'm not saying I want the Bears beat the Packers, but, like, it used to be a big back and forth. The Bears sneak by on a field goal win in, like, 2012. Unbelievable, Jay Cutler. It's been just a joke, man. <laughs> past couple of years, I go in – Tony, man, they you can't find a worse – the worst coach firing of all time, man. Lovey Smith. The Lovey Smith time season. Anyways, let's talk wild card weekend. I don't think there's any more coaches we need to go through that got fired. We got to get see he was the one that um I think was a good move. Um wild card weekend. Okay. We didn't even really get to we didn't really get the first team out in the AFC, um, which is Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Eh, yeah, I don't know. Really, That's all right. I don't have much to say. Uh, wild card weekend. We'll go game by game here, six games. We'll select them as we go, uh, and then we'll go into buy, sell, hold to close this out. But um, Browns at Texans. This is, I mean, by the way, wild card weekend. We're going to get into some just phenomenal script writing. Just phenomenal script writing. Phenomenal. Good writing. Um, uh, you couldn't write a better script if you were making a movie. Um, Browns at Texans. Your thoughts. I'll give you the floor. So might be reading into it too much. You know, I might be just uh, picking against the grain here just because. But the Texans are at home. And you got Stroud. You got D'Amico Ryans. You got a team that I think D'Amico Ryans, coming from San Fran as a defensive coordinator, should pick up on the fact that the Browns really can't run the ball right now. It's been a lot of Joe Flacco. And I really think if they key in on Joe Flacco and they don't let him pick him apart, you bring a lot of pressure this is not a team that has Nick Chubb and is going to try and run the ball down your throats. That has not been what the Browns have been for the past month or so. Um, so I like the Texans here. I think it's great for Joe Flacco's legacy if he wins this and gets nine road playoff wins. That's like second all-time behind Tom Brady. Um, this, all, Like you said, the storyline, the script writing is perfect for a lot of these matchups. I just – the Texans, I really – I'm not only surprised, but I'm also kind of bought in in the sense that team is so young. They have, I think, in their mind, so much to play for when they're playing with house money. <laughs> this is the Texans are a team I expected to win three to four games. And those are the teams that are the most dangerous. Um, I feel like Kevin Stefanski isn't coaching for his job. But I also think next year, if they take that kind of step back with Sean Watson, 
he's going to be on the hot seat. Um, so there's definitely pressure on the Brown side, whereas the Texans are like, you win this game, great. If you don't, next season's still going to be really good for them. So I just I, I like the Texans here. I think for that reason, I think Stroud's going to ball out this weekend. I really do. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna roll with the Browns. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, man. Because um, that defensive unit is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, defense wins championships, man, and hot teams win championships. And uh, Browns are one of the hottest teams in the league. So are the Texans, and the Texans do got home field. But I, I just think the Browns bring a lot defensively. That the Texans, I just I don't know. I, I and the other no side of it, and not much else. Yeah, the other side of it is uh, you've got the playoff experience with Flacco. If it were Deshaun returning to Houston, oh my gosh, would that oh. be phenomenal, right? Yeah. But Flacco is like, okay, you just said if he wins this, he's second all time in road playoff wins. And I just thought about this game, and I was like, oh, I got to pick Flacco. Like he's been, he's the playoff guy. He rises in the playoffs. And then yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, the Browns are like really set up to make a run and they could. Uh, that's they where really I, I i think they go to baltimore if they win i'm not there's certain other things that have to happen but uh yeah. maybe maybe that's why i'm picking the browns because i'd love to see flacco go into baltimore oh my gosh would please that be, please would that be amazing but i'm gonna roll browns here uh for mainly for depend defensive purposes yeah and that's that's always a good bet when you have Miles Garrett on the other side, that's a guy who can go crazy too. So, um, okay, here's here's the script writing, man. Tyree Kill returning to Kansas City, wild card weekend, first time back. Uh, your thoughts? I think two reasons why I think Chiefs. One, they're just gonna get done because of the Chiefs. Uh, I think for whatever reason, they just I don't see them going out in the wild card round. They get a game at home. It's going to be tough for the Dolphins going Arrowhead. They're pretty banged up as well offensively, but especially defensively. So this is the big thing with the Dolphins, where I think they're just not going to get this done. Their pass rush, I believe they got Emmanuel Ogba and another veteran, Melvin Ingram, who I believe they signed midseason. That's your edge rushers going into this game against a Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, a guy who's known to extend plays and get it to Kelsey. I believe they got Bruce Irvin and Justin Houston for insurance, but they're that's great edge rush maybe five or six years ago. But right now they're they're kind of just filling in the gaps. They have so many Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle. There's a lot of defensive guys in that team that are on IR. Bradley Chubb, that's that was a big one too. This team started out hot for that reason. Um, not having a pass rush at this stage of the season, going against Patrick Mahomes is kind of just writing on the wall for me. Uh, I feel bad for Tyreek Hill because uh, I know that this is a game he probably wants to go off and he might. I just don't see the Dolphins. We know their offense can contend defensively doing enough to stop the Chiefs. And Andy Reid in the playoffs, it's just okay. this is not a game I see them losing. Okay. Okay. Um, agree. Taking the Chiefs to win the game because it's an Arrowhead, but yeah. I I see a lot of avenues for the Dolphins to win this game. Okay, um, I love to hear it. The the Chiefs are not. They're not the Chiefs. I think we all know that. Um, and the Dolphins' secondary is going to be going against the worst receiving core in football. So it's really going to come down to Isaiah Pacheco. And I, that's where, okay, I think the Chiefs win the game because it's at home in Arrowhead, and maybe they struggle, but there's maybe the Dolphins struggle offensively. But I really look at this, and I'm like, it's Tyreek Hill. doesn't matter who he plays. He's going to be up for this game. Uh, and any team that has Tyreek Hill on them – is in a game, no matter what. It's like the Warriors. They're the Warrior, the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. It's like, well, I, I, I think the Chiefs should win this game, but there is an avenue where Tyreek Hill goes for 250 yards and three touchdowns, and it's like, well, they can run with anybody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, it, no, there's absolutely. that avenue. Oh, Devon Chan, he just broke a 90-yard run. The place is <laughs> silent, right? Like, it, it's just like, mm. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home because I'm not going to ever pick against the Chiefs at home in the playoffs. Not gonna do that. 
But I feel like I'm a little more inclined to take the Dolphins than you are. Um, I do agree that they're a little banged up defensively and whatnot, but I, I don't think the Chiefs are that good offensively. Um, but I don't think the Chiefs go out in the wild card round. Well, I don't think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I think they're losing in Buffalo or in Baltimore. If they lose at home, oh boy, the, the panic, you know, the, the fan base is going to be losing their mind. Um, yeah. which I could see happening. But gonna take the Chiefs in Arrowhead, gonna play this conservative for our for our picking game. Which by the way, before we go to the next game, last week I was nine and seven, you were ten and six. Um that puts us at 158 and seven for me and 149 and 116. So a nine game lead uh headed into the playoffs. Um geez. So I think statistically I have to pick against like every one of your picks for the playoffs. I also am currently on pace to basically tie your 170 um, from last season. From last season. It's it's I mean like it's gonna, it's gonna come be- down to yeah, it's gonna. If I get it, it's gonna be one seventy one. If it's if it's another one hundred seventy win season, I'm gonna laugh. Like that's the, the statistical improbabilities um, of these picks have been just insane. Um, but back to the wild card picks. I'm going Chiefs. You're going Chiefs. I have Browns. You got Texans. Steelers going into Buffalo. You know who I'm taking. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, Let's just also establish, man, Buffalo winning against the Dolphins last week was so big, man. So big. When you play in Buffalo and you're the two seed, I don't care who you are. If you have to go into Buffalo in the month of January, it's a massive home field advantage. It's massive. More than the Chiefs. More. There's just a weather element difference. This is how they went to four straight Super Bowls. It's how they did it, man. Uh, they got the Dolphins and the Chiefs and the Raiders from freaking L.A. at the time coming all the way out to Buffalo to play them in January. It's not good for them, for the road team. Pittsburgh, I just don't see them winning. This is not a playoff victory <laughs> roster. I don't even know how they're here. <laughs> My common, man. Yeah. It's the I, only reason. It's just in his M.O. Like, that's. Uh, Bills, Bills are the hottest team in football, in my opinion. I say that phrase a lot. I've said it like five times, but I've been saying it about the Bills uh, since the 12th man on the field against the Broncos, that they had a path to win the division, uh, and then that happened. So we're going to ride them all the way to the Super Bowl. Buffalo, this is the year. Um, they're going to win. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to just second that. because Six and I'm one gonna... since they fired their OC. Six and one. Yeah, you can't, can't knock that. It's just uh, Steelers, man. Like this is what they do. They get in the playoffs and they get, they lose in the wild card. And it's like we, they, they. Why? How they even get here? Right? Like we're in this. It's already camp. an overperformance. Yeah, like they already just kind of did their, you know, tip the hat. Good job, Mike Tomlin. You did it again with a terrible roster. I mean, Mason Rudolph, I believe, is going to be the starter for this game. Uh, but the, it's funny you bring up the Bills because I think what happened to them last year where they beat the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson and then I believe lost to the Bengals in the divisional. I could very well see that happening with the Chiefs, where they scrape by the Dolphins this season and lose to whoever it may be in the divisional. Whether it's Buffalo, the Ravens, the Browns, those teams feel more complete to me than the Chiefs do right now. I I just think it's the Dolphins, their injuries, and going into Arrowhead on a game where it's going to be zero degrees. Like you said, the the colder teams, like Buffalo, Kansas City, I guess, at this point in the year, it doesn't mean as much as, like, the Dolphins got home field. Yeah, it helps the Dolphins, but, I mean, Josh Allen and Domes and warm weather is still Josh Allen. You could yeah. argue better. So, that's why I think for the colder teams is definitely an advantage. Um, I just – that I see that vision for the Chiefs, but, uh, yeah, I'm just going to second the whole Bills. I don't – this might be the the worst loss, I, I think, this weekend. Where there's usually a game where it's not too competitive. If the Bills are doing what they're doing, uh, they should roll through the Steelers who don't have TJ Watt. They might, but he has like a bum knee. He's got some sprain and he's you know ACL or whatever. So uh not looking too great. I mean, this is a Steelers roster that at the start of the year we were making fun of because you had selected them to win the division and they were the worst team in football. And somehow, here we are picking against them in the wildcard weekend. So shout out Mike Tom. Um, yeah, all right, all right. 
That's the 2-7 matchup in the AFC. Let's go to the 2-7 matchup in the NFC. You guys already know who individuals are picking, man. But this is the first, <laughs> since we started this podcast, the first playoff game for the Packers, man. Just want to say, excited to be here. Love this team. I think this is the most fun I've had as a Packers fan. Maybe ever. I'm, I'm this so last serious. month has been very fun. I'm yeah. so serious. I, I mean, more fun than the 2019 season, more fun than the 2020 season, all that. This has just been like playing with house money on steroids. Like when we beat the Chiefs, that was like, I, I don't know what it is about, you know, me and, and somehow being a weird no-name quarterback whisperer. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what other words. <laughs> but Jalen Hurts was example number one. Took his team to the Super Bowl. I was on him early in the year. I was on Jordan Love like three years ago. Okay, whatever. Whenever we lost to the Niners, I said, "Let's see what we got in this kid." And here we are, man. Um, just happy to be here. And with all that, hey. all oh, that, yeah, man. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? thought? Youngest yeah. team in NFL history. All that being said, picking the Cowboys. And the floor is yours. Okay. No, God, you're not even really trying to justify it because. Um, Backstory war. Um, my girlfriend's her best friend's boyfriend is a huge Cowboys fan, and so it's gotten into her head. The Cowboys look better. I don't think the Packers are gonna win this weekend. I had a YouTube. I'm like, do you know who Jared Cook is? Do you know? <laughs> I'm like, do you know who Jared Cook? No, oh, similar. Almost identical Similar situations, vibes. man. We were in a seven seed. Oh, man. You know what's so but, funny is that TikTok I brought up like two weeks ago of this potentially happening where I was like, Cowboys fans, man, I don't, I didn't realize that we were so rent-free in their uh, – <laughs> Oh, man. Did you see the tweet that was the guy for – it was like – they really celebrating with 116 left in the fourth. <laughs> Did you see it was yeah. like, somebody buy this guy tickets. Somebody's yeah. got to get this guy to the game. We need it. But if I'm being honest, I'm not saying Jordan loves Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Luke Musgrave is Jerry Cook. Both of those, Love and Musgrave are capable of doing something like that at the end. I mean, Jordan Love, especially the last week, lower score, but he was dealing. I think he had like five or six incompletions. We, just, when you think of teams say, getting hot just, at the right time. Let's just set the stage, man. Uh, First-year starting quarterback has to go uh, win two divisional matchups to, to make the playoffs. Plays his best two games of the year. <laughs> Plays his best two games of the year. Yeah. It's, I don't know what else to say. I, I The guy stepped up in big moments, man. And I will say what I said, and I'll give you the floor back after, after this, right back after this. I'll say what I said at the start of the year. We already overachieved. We found our guy. Resign him. I'm happy. Absolutely. He's a Packers fan. If we lose this, I, I can't even that upset. You know, you deal with it yeah. for a week or so. But the future is bright. I was already, I mean, a couple weeks ago, you can hear on the pod, I was kind of looking into next season. Uh, like this is, We got what we needed. We got a team. We got a young core that we can build on. But now it's kind of like a national thing. Uh, I mean, Jordan Love is like second or third in the NFL in passing touchdowns. Quarterback rating. Pro football focus is in love with him. Past like half of the, the second half of the season, he's arguably been the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, statistically, the numbers are there. If it's 20 and, touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. It's I mean, it is literally where it's Rodgers. You put that over an entire season sample size, you take out the first half where he's figuring things out. We got some, I mean, crazy touchdown interception ratios. And I, I just, man, I know what Dak's doing this year. I know what the Cowboys are doing. There is so much pressure, though, in that building. And, and I, I just, know Mike yeah. Markey's feeling it. Let I me know. Just say, if the Cowboys were playing anybody else, I'd be inclined to pick against them this weekend, too. Absolutely. Like, I, it's the Cowboys in the playoffs, man. What are we doing? They're what just, doing? yeah. Yeah, like it's it's their mo. Like they get here and they just like they're they lose their thumbs. Like it's I don't know what happens, but it's especially apparent when you got Mike McCarthy. There's rumblings he's coaching for his job with a team that's second seed in the NFC. And if man, if that's the case, let's start. It starts up top. If you got Mike McCarthy in the locker room, kind of feeling the heat, you're going against Packers who 
you don't have a good record against, by the way. <laughs> I uh, I would be very concerned. And I'll I think say this, though. The... Yeah. Go ahead. When you bring up no, 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 no. It's just like... offensively, I think they're going to be all right. I think defensively, I saw – like what the what Lafleur did to Hutchinson on Thanksgiving, with like two tight ends kind of following almost. Michael Parsons, I think, is going to get the same treatment. Um, I think this game will be close. I'm obviously going to pick the Packers to win, but um, I, I like again as a Packers fan, if they lose this game, I'm not mad. I, I'm really yeah. not. Yeah, playing with house money. Uh, and I will yep. say, like, McCarthy scares me a little bit because uh, I know what he can do. He can motivate a team in the playoffs. He's had playoff success in the past. Uh, and it ain't like he's not going to be up for this game. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, he's There's playing the Packers, man. Uh, and, dude, if LaFleur goes in there and beats him in Dallas, the heat is on, man. The hot seat is just – I think that's it. I think Jerry's firing him that day. That's <laughs> oh, you talk about bad firings, man. Oh man, that'd be horrible. That'd be horrible. It would. It would. Um, Jerry needs to fire himself at that point. Let's pivot because I don't even. I don't even think that Packers cheating Tyree Kill returning. I, I'm telling you right now, the best, the the most exciting game of this year, and maybe of the last decade of watching NFL football. I will not miss. A second of this game, man. Not a single second. Eyes glued to the screen. Matt Stafford is returning to Detroit for his first time. And it's the live. That's all cool and dandy, right? In the playoffs. Oh, that's cool. Oh, let's not forget. This is the Lions' first home playoff game in 30 years. And they got to face their guy. He didn't leave on bad terms. They all still love Stafford. They celebrated the Rams Super Bowl. They were all happy. And and then, not to mention, Jared Goff revenge game. He took him to a Super Bowl, and they traded him away. Said he wasn't (laughs) the guy. And here he is in the playoffs how many years later with a chance to send a message back. I don't know, dude. It's like Brady Manning. That's like I. It's the same equivalent feeling. It's like a Best Brady Manning. Have, yeah. yeah, it's like that feeling when you were in middle school, and it's like, oh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play this week. I'm not missed. That's what I feel like right now. And you know what, man? The NFL needs that because we haven't had something like this since Manning retired. Honest to God, like it's really, yeah. Oh man, am I like pumped? Like oh, this is gonna be I, good football. I mean, really, it's. I think it's gonna get chippy. Um, did you have a prediction for your winner? Yeah, yeah. So if you look back at my buy, sell, hold tracker, way back when, buy, sell, hold tracker, mm-hmm. November thirteenth, I said the Detroit Lions will win a playoff game this year. I'm gonna put my. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I'm gonna take the Lions to get their first home playoff win. Since I don't even know 91, 92. Before I, I was born, that's why it's like I can't really give you a date because I'd be lying if I said I witnessed it. Take yeah, the Lions I was, I was 30, around. we'll just say 30 plus years. First playoff yeah. win. Um, man, I'm so excited. I can see it going either way, though. I, the Rams are hot, right? So oh, I can yeah. see it going either way. Uh, they've got the playoff experience, they've got the dude Stafford, he's going to be up, but. Um, home field is going to mean something here. I think in an emotional game like this, if it were in LA, I'm probably taking the Rams. But yeah. the fact that Stafford's got to return the Ford Field—that's a lot, man. That's a lot. No, absolutely. Um, I think the reason I'm going to go the other way, obviously, for just I need to catch up ground. But the reason I'm making the case for this this Rams team, honestly, is they've been very hot. They've contended with everybody, including the Ravens, in their losses. Matt Stafford going back home. I do think, like, home field is always in play for the playoffs. Like, 100%, that cannot be undermined. But this is, like, Matt Stafford's second home. I mean, he's played more games in that stadium than L.A. Given it's also going from a dome to a dome, I think the Rams team shouldn't feel – it's not like you're going into Buffalo. Like, we just talked about with the weather – they're going right back into a dome. 
they shouldn't feel differently. It's just really fighting the crowd and just the energy of the lines because it's going to be if anybody's so motivate that electric. team. Yeah, Dan Campbell is going to be in there like you got three well, hours the rest of your lives to make history. Like they are going to be amped. And um, I'm not saying Sean McVay can't do that. I actually think I'm picking the Rams. I think he might be able to keep that level ahead, out coach Dan Campbell. But like you said, this is going to be a game that's probably going to go. It could go either way. Like honestly, if this is, I just think like one-sided, if, I'd be shocked. Here's what I'll say: um, I'm not sure there's many teams I would pick against in a playoff atmosphere in Detroit for the first time in 30 years. That's going to be one of the hardest places to play in. Definitely. Now you're talking about Matt Stat, and it's interesting because I could see it going either way. You could, like, the fans could let up because it's Matt Stafford and be like, you know. Oh, it's Matt. What do we do? What you know? What do we do? <laughs> or, or it's Matt Stafford. We got to beat this guy. We like you know. This is it. This is the chance. And I think it's going to be the latter. It's going to be, uh, dude. It might. It might set break records. Loudest stadium ever. I mean, people will talk like this game. And this could be a game that there's a. This is like thirty for thirty material, man. I'm so. Oh, serious. Yeah, very like, well could be. Like we are witnessing thirty for thirty material, man. Uh, especially yeah. like just just you know play a little devs advocate here. Like, Oh, Jared Goff goes to the Super Bowl with the Lions? Dude, what a 30 for 30. That would be Stafford and Goff. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, they both go get it done in, after the trade. What? With different That's, teams? Yeah. So bizarre, yeah. But um, I'm it. excited. This is the most excited I've been for a playoff game. I, it doesn't shock me they put this on Sunday night or whatever time it is. Um, it, It's, it's going to be some must-see TV, man. Some must-see TV. Um, Eagles at Bucks. Eagles are floundering. Bucks mm. are the Bucks. Uh, Jalen Hurts historically has risen in the playoffs. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles, not really thinking twice about this, honestly. Yep, Niagara Buccaneers for differential sake. <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> at home. <laughs> got Baker Mayfield, he's a dog. <laughs> got, uh, I wouldn't shock gold. me. Hope it wouldn't have- like this Eagles team does have like wild card exit written on all written all over. Mm. I think it would break the media if it happens. I mean, it's Super Bowl, you know, they were in the Super Bowl last year. That's not that rare. You know how hard it is to make the playoffs the year after you win the Super or go to the Super it Bowl? It is true. I just think at one point in the Eagles, man, they were like, what, 9 and 1, 10 and 1? I mean, we were really high on this team. And this fall from grace, I, I saw some of the people were calling for Nick Sirianni's head. And a lot of Eagles fans were just <laughs> it's like, well, it's, it's good. He's just arrogant. It's like, the dude had two or three losses with you guys last year. Like he is like four this silly. year. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like still a double-digit like win team. Oh, dude, they are just so toxic. It's Philly, New York, Chicago, and like everybody else. Um, Dallas, 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 Dallas. Okay, yeah, I will say it. Don't Dallas. forget Dallas. And you know what? Maybe you know, maybe Packer fans were a part of that. I feel like we're in that Steelers category of like classy fans. We're like. We know our we know our team. Look up look um, up the look up the stadium reviews of Lambeau. People don't get, you know, tossed out and sh- apparently you get shot at Miami games. So <laughs> I mean that that ain't happening at Lambeau. Um yeah. <laughs> you know, people disdain Packers fans because of team success. We're in the Patriots category. Yeah. It's it's long, long time success. I mean the Eagles have had like they got the Super Bowl win. Couple years ago, I think there's probably no. I digress. Um, taking the Buccaneers just because I need it, need a Baker Mayfield hero performance would be a great story. He gets to the divisional rounds in a, in a year where he was playing for his NFL career. Look, man, in the uh, NFC, I ain't ruling a single team out. I could see the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl. I'm not even, I'm not even lying. That's very not, fair. There's I not a single team wild card weekend. Great. Yeah. It, it really the AFC, does. I don't think that's the case, but in the NFC, yeah, there's anybody could win the NFC. I'm so serious. Anybody's uh, game. Yeah. Niners are the favorite, but it is what it is. Um, all right, let, let, let's close it up. Buy, sell, hold. Um, I, I have one transaction to make. I, I'm going to sell. Uh, I had a bot stock that Vikings were going to return to the NFC Championship uh, and face the Eagles. It was a very niche stock, but uh, obviously a loss. It is what it is. That's all I have to sell um, today. But how about you? I'll just get rid of Cam Akers, dog. I, I'm not really confident yeah. on that one. We'll stick with the Vikings theme. Um, 
Yeah, I was hoping he'd come in and steal that job. And he's injuries or not, you know, if it's fair, it's the running back position. Yeah, it's what have you done for me lately? He's done a whole lot of anything lately. I would be shocked if he's back up and out of the league. Look at James Robinson, bro. Like insane. He had like a thousand yards, and yeah, like it's just is what it is. I can't make personal take the loss. Yeah, it it is. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you do have another stock, <laughs> Vikings related. Uh, you have Josh Dobbs on the Vikings without Kirk in week one of next year. Um, is that is that is, is that a swing whole... and a miss, fellas? <laughs> that, that's always oh, doing that one too. I'll sell both at a loss. I'll, I'll go I'll dip into the negative today. <laughs> we're a little bit red that. today. We're a little bit red today. Jeez, that is the pastronaut. I really have that much faith. In. He Man. was balling. I mean, he was probably balling. Kirk's job to lose. He yeah, no, he was. He, he was at a certain point in time. He was. He was the guy. Um, Man. All right. I don't, I don't see Ooh. anything else of, you know, value of, of, of selling value, <laughs> selling at a loss value. Um, Lions will win a playoff game next year. That That's going to be a big W uh, for me when that hits on Sunday. But um, yeah. I will also add that on October 31st, I sold my stock of Justin Fields being the starter for the Falcons next year. Uh, and if that does, mm. play, if that does come true, I'm just going to run a minor victory lap on just the idea that early, <laughs> but yeah. it's also a dumb Book loss. market. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Hey guys, I said this just, just so you know. Um, but with all that in mind, I, I I'm just excited for wildcard weekend, man. It's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm pumped. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? No, man, it's just uh, I really love the super wild card format. We got three days of playoff football. We got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night games, Eagles and Buccaneers. So it's going to be great. Going to be surprised some crazy scores. I'm actually going to be really excited to talk about this next week. Whether the Packers win or lose, man, sometimes come in after a loss. And it's like, eh. But um, this has been kind of, in my opinion, a wild year. Very unexpected. We just talked about these storylines. A lot of uh, backstories going into these games. So, uh, looking forward to it, for sure. Yeah. I'm excited for Wild Card Weekend, as always. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to check us out on TikTok and Twitter, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, sure.